Thank you once again for inviting me to be here with you sharing um, my testimony and some of the you know, devotionals from the Word of God. Steve, thank you for invitation. Mike, all our friends here. And um, really, it's uh, it's honor to be with you. It, you know, this time, you know, it was easier in Lincoln, but this time I recognize now I know three English language. School, good morning, teacher. <laughs> Tennessee, good morning, y'all. And British accent. Until now, I'm trying to say some sentences. It's a little bit difficult. So wait for the next year. <laughs> Always, I would like to start you know, with a, a funny story about a woman. By the way, um, just, I would like to greet all the women today. It's a mother day. I've heard that it's a mother day. Now I have two problems. One, you know, Tuesday is our mother day in Israel. And I'm going to be also in U.S. soon. May is going to be also Mother Day. So now she wants a present for today. <laughs> and she wants a present for Tuesday. And present when I'm in U.S. So I will borrow your credit card. And then you will see the bills after that. This story, nice story, funny story about a woman that she passed away and she went to heaven. And when she started, you know, uh, reaching the gates, you know, she wanted to get in. And then, you know, Angel Gabriel stopped her. And he said, hey, hey, where are you, where are you going? She said, I'm a believer. I'm getting into my home. He said, wait a minute. There is a question. If you answer the question, then you can come in. And she said, OK, uh, what is the question? And you know, the angel Gabriel looked at her and he said, you need to spell the word love. She said, it's very easy, L-O-V-E. And he said, OK, please come in. Welcome to heaven. And she get in while she's walking, you know. You know, uh, angel Gabriel asked her, can you do me a favor? And she said, what? He said, I need to finish some work. You can take my place. She said, I don't know what to do. He said, very easy. If anybody comes, just ask him a question. If he answered correct, he just get in. And she said, that's it? He said, that's it. OK. And you know, she took his place. Suddenly, her ex-husband is coming. <laughs> and she looked at him, and she said, what happened? He said, after you pass away, I can't suffer more. I have heart attack, and I'm here. I'm in heaven? He said, wait, wait, wait. Need to ask you a question. If you answer, then you are in heaven. He said, OK. What is the question? He, she said, you need to spell a word. He said, OK, what is the word? And she said, Czechoslovakia. <laughs> Men, in this morning, I just want to advise you, after 24 years marriage, if you travel all over the world, look, something strange. You will find the restrooms for men on the left hand. Do you know why? Because women always write. <laughs> be careful. I'm really happy to be with you. I will share really about my testimony. But uh, Pastor, I like the name of the church, Family Church. And family need home. And home of Jesus, the King Church, waiting for you to come and to preach. And home without family mean nothing. Is that right? I like this, you know, family that really belong to God, belong to Jesus. And many of you, you know, thinking about who is Salim? 
What mean Arab? I'm not a Muslim converted to Christianity. I'm basically Christian. And if you read your Bible in the book of Acts chapter 2, you will find that there were Arab worshiping in Jerusalem. And it was 600 years before Islam came. So when I said Arab, does it mean I'm a Muslim converted to Christianity? We are basically Christian. And today I have all the honor and the privilege to have with me my government, Nisreen, my wife. Why? Because all the ministries is here. You can decide any decision you want. You don't need to go back to your children. So you have your ministry with you. Nisreen, I'm happy that you are with me today. I have two children. One is Solomon. He's 23 years old, and he's ready for marriage. I'm just kidding. He's finishing his uh, third year of uh, software engineer in uh, uh, Tiberia, beside the Lake of Galilee, the university. And uh, my daughter, Nardine, is uh, 18 years old. She's going to be graduated this year uh, from high school and start searching for her studies in the university. So I was born in Nazareth. All my life I spent in this wonderful city. That's the Lord grow in this city. And there's a lot of things to see in the city of Nazareth. Unfortunately, many groups come for a half hour, seeing Mary's house, and leave. And really, this is not Nazareth. There's a lot of things to see and to understand even the word of God while you are traveling in Nazareth. Nazareth, not just Mary's house, you have the workshop of the carpenter. And uh, unfortunately, many guides that uh, uh, follow groups, they don't know even the work of the carpenter, uh, Joseph. Because many of us, we think that he was a carpenter that we know in our daily life. But he wasn't the carpenter, he was a builder. In Greek language, you will find the wall, Tecton. Tecton is a builder. Part of his work was building houses and using the wood for preparing for the doors and the windows. So you can see all that in front of your eyes when you come to Nazareth. And also, always when I, I take some friends when I have time, and I'm in Israel, uh, to see how the synagogue is very near to the house of Mary and to the you know, a carpenter workshop. It's just two minutes walk. So imagine when the Bible says that Jesus, every Saturday, he went to the synagogue to pray, to be you know, in, in relation with his brothers in the synagogue. And it's a very nice place that you can see a lot of things. Really, you can see what mean cornerstone, what mean meltstone, why, why Jesus is using the mustard seeds as example for our faith. A lot of things that you need for less four hours to come to Nazareth and enjoy your time. So if you ask for it too, don't give up until you take what you want, what I told you today. You know, really, I didn't plan to be a pastor and to have a church, because I know the suffering. And it's very difficult to be a pastor. Once again, I will correct myself. It's very easy to be a pastor, but it's very difficult to be a shepherd. And that's totally different. And when God calls you, he doesn't choose the perfect. He chooses the willings. 
As I said, I, I, I born in a Catholic family, and my father was so religious man, he wanted me to become a priest. So the best, the best thing to do is just to drop you inside the church to serve with the priest. For five years, I served inside the church in the temple. After five years, I said, if this is God, I don't want him. I left the church because routine kills all the spirit in my heart. I left the church. I lived my own life. I studied as a travel agent in the Hebrew University. I finished my studies as a hotel manager in Holiday Inn School. And on the 6th of August, 1994, something happened, changed all my life. On this day, I lost one of my friends. She was a believer. And she was 19 years old, a huge truck, full on her small car with big pieces of iron. And we can't take her out from her car because of the big pieces of iron. And fire started in her car. And she was burned alive. That day was very, very, very difficult day in my life. And I start to ask question, what is after death? There's no guarantee to live 50 or 60 or 70 years. She's just 19 years old. What is after death? Is there life after death? While I'm asking all these questions, I heard a voice speaking to me very clearly. Salim, someone died and you one will board. I didn't understand what it meant to born again. But I say, God, if this is you, show me the way. And for my first time, I have my own Bible. Because I've been taught that I'm not holy enough to carry the Bible in my hands. I'm not worthy. And when I have my Bible, like you give someone a cold water and he's very thirsty. I was reading the Word of God every day, but I was reading just the New Testament. Because I was, you know, I've been taught that, you know, the Old Testament is the rubbish book. It doesn't belong to us. It's belonged to the infidel Jews who crucified my Savior. And I was filled with a lot of hatred for Israel and the nation of Israel. And all my dream was to destroy this country. I start to read the Bible and I search for a church to help me to grow by my faith, and I involved with the Nazarene church. And for eight years, I was uh, serving there until I become a worship leader and a local pastor. But on these years, I, I, I was so hungry, that, so I decided to study theology. And I involved in Bethlehem Bible College. I received my BA. After I've done with my BA, you know, I was more and more hungry for the word of God to know more. Then one of my friends, he's the lawyer of our church today, Thomas, he invited me to study my master free. You know who said no for free? It cost a lot, but when somebody is offering you something free, you go for it. And I said, yes, I'm ready. He said, you will be involved with the ICB College. ICB College is Israeli College of the Bible. And I went to my first lesson there. When I arrived there, we were 12 Arab pastors and 12 Jewish pastors. Jewish pastors? 
wait a minute. When I get there and I saw them, I ask myself <laughs> who they are. Did they bring us rabbis to teach us Christianity? What are they doing here? And I start to talk to these people, and I found that they, they are believers. They believe in Yeshua. They believe in Jesus as their Savior. And they have all the energy to share the word of God, the gospel between Jews also. I was shocked. And I started to ask questions. For one year, we spent together, all the year, worshiping together, eating together, praying together, studying together, sleeping together in a good way when we have intensive courses. They put an Arab pastor and Jewish pastor in the same room. So it was, it was something that opened my eyes, remind me with Romans 9, 10, and 11. You know, these chapters that the church today try to ignore it or skip it, exactly what the religious Jew do with Isaiah 53, the hidden scriptures. It's called the hidden scriptures. Why? Because it's clearly speak about Jesus, and I will share about it with my testimony. So I, I was filled with energy, and I felt the Holy Spirit speaking to me. I went back home, and I get to my war room where I fight with the Lord because I'm a tough man. I'm not doing things easily. You need to convince me to do things. I have a lot of questions to God. Why? When? How? Where? It's, it's I, the good thing that God, you know, behaved with me, you know, on my limitations. So he always answered my questions. And when I, that night, I was reading the story from Luke 15 about the eldest son and about the Lost son, I don't call prodigal, it's more than prodigal son, it's the lost son. And it was a very nice story that always I read it and I ask the Lord, what do you want to teach me? Because every time you read your Bible, you need to ask the Lord, what do you want to teach me? And the Lord spoke to me very clearly and he said, do you know who is the lost son? And I was proud of myself. I said, yes, Lord, I know. The Jewish people, they lost the way. And then he asked me, do you know who's the father? I said, who's going to be the father? You are the father. There is no father greater than you. And then he comes with the difficult question. Who's the eldest son? <laughs> I said to God, who care? He was good. He spent all his life serving his father. And the Holy Spirit opened my eyes to see seven sins that this eldest son did shows that even he was worse than the lost one. He's telling his father, I am serving you. Like he's doing favor to his father. And that's totally wrong because it's honor and privilege to serve the king of kings and the lord of lords. A couple of years, he's counting the years. Do you know who count the years in the Old Testament? The slave. Because the slave worked for six years, and one year he's free. The son lives in his father's house as a slave, not as a son. Never disobey your commands, spiritual proudness. You never give me a goat, poorness. To be happy with my friends, sadness. And your son, he forgot that this son is my brother. The Bible doesn't mention my brother. He said, your son, he cut every relation with his brother. And the last thing he did, he started to judge his brother. He took the place of God 
judging others. And we start, when we start to judge others, we don't have time to love them. It's not your responsibility to judge others. Just take your place. Judge yourself. Work for growing. And then I asked the Lord, so who is the eldest son? And the Lord said to me, it's the church today, son. They are part of the family. They are in my house. And the Lord asked me to read the story again and again and again, ten times. And I was shocked that, to know that this story ended open. We don't know if this eldest son get in to celebrate or he stayed out. The Bible doesn't tell us. And I ask the Lord, why? The Lord, it's your choice, Salim. Do you want to be part of the family or you want to stay out? You need to take a decision. I was weeping that night and I asked the Lord for forgiveness. And I said, show me the way. And the Lord said to me, you need to forgive and to forget. Really, it's very important point in, in your life to know how to forgive and to forget. And when I, I decided to forgive and to forget all the hatred, all the poison idea that they filled my mind with about the Jewish people, I felt freedom come to my life. I felt I'm free, I can't fly. Felt that I'm the most happiest man in the world. And I, I was for many years struck by these thoughts. I was filled with a lot of hatred. And I asked the Lord, what do you want me to do? I'm yours. You need to understand taking a decision like this. As an Arab pastor, it's a big disaster for you. Because you steal the slice of cheese between two pieces of bread. From one side, if you support Israel, you become a spy for the Arabs. They don't understand, you know, that it's not about political situation more than it's spiritual situation. From the other side, for religious Jew, I'm still Arab. I'm not welcome. So it's very hard to take decisions like this. But I said, Lord, I want to obey you and not people. What do you want me to do? And I want to tell you in this morning a very important point. If you are praying for a new anointing in your life, and you are not ready to pay the price, don't ask for anointing. Anointing or new anointing in your life that mean sacrifices. If you are not ready, don't ask for it. I, I went back to my college, and suddenly, you know, the same man is telling me, Pastor Salim, would you like to continue your second master? I said, second master? What? He said, biblical Hebrew, Greek language, and biblical studies. And I said, okay, I would like to. And he said, oh, it's okay, free. <laughs> also, the second time it was free. Praise the Lord. Because when he prepared for you everything, he take care for everything. And I start, to, I, as an Arab, I, we speak two, two mother language. One is Arabic, 
and one is Hebrew. Hebrew is the mother language. But when it becomes to biblical Hebrew, it's more complicated. It's more difficult. There is a lot of signs you need to know when you start reading the verse, when you stop, what is canceling what, so you can understand the word of God. And you know, all of us knows that when the translation, you know, comes, it's become with a little weakness from the real meaning. Many of us, and I explained yesterday about the book of Jeremiah, in the book of Jeremiah, and uh, in um, chapter 4, and verse 16, and chapter 31, and verse 6, in your Bible, he's using the word watchman. In the end of the days, watchmen will stand on the Mount of Ephraim. But in the Hebrew language, you will find he's using the word notrim. Do you know what I mean notrim? Christians. Jeremiah is already prophesying about what is happening today when Christians come to Israel and pray for the land of Israel. Believe it or not, you go to your Bible and check this word. It's not my words, it's the Bible. And I start to study biblical Hebrew. And when I'm done, I fall in love with the Old Testament. And I start to read from Genesis to Malachi. And I found Jesus in every book, in every chapter, in every verse in the Old Testament. About his birth, about his life, about his death, about the resurrection, and about the rapture. Already in the book of Exodus, he's speaking about the rapture. And from that day on, I start to teach about Jesus in the Old Testament. Where I travel, I teach about Jesus in the Old Testament. And you will be shocked when you see that all the Old Testament is speaking about one person. His name is Jesus. And all what happened in the Old Testament, it's just a shade for what's going to fulfilled in the New Testament. So any verse, you move it in the Old Testament, something is moving in the New Testament. I wish we will have one day a conference for one week just to talk about Jesus in the Old Testament. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. After I've done with this, I said, Lord, what do you want me to do more? And the Lord asked me to continue my doctorate degree. It was a little bit, not a little bit, it was difficult because then I have my family, my children, the church with 107 members, and it was big responsibility. But when you have a great wife like Nisreen and great children, God will help you to fulfill it. So for one year, every night from 11 p.m. until 2, 3 a.m. morning, I was reading and writing until I finished my thesis. It was about how does the Arab-Israeli conflict influence on the theology of Israel. All my life, I lived believing in replacement theology. Do you know what I mean replacement theology? Okay. All my life. And it's not man who reveals to me the truth. From my side, by God himself. And when I traveled to Los Angeles to discuss my thesis, it was online, in Arabic, and it was broadcast from the cross TV for all the Middle East. Can you imagine? <laughs> if I just want to respond to the comments and the questions, 
until now, from that day, until now I'll be still sitting and answering a lot of questions. But I finished my thesis with two questions. Really, that's what I ask everyone. The first question is, why Israel still exists? A very simple question. Why this small nation still exists? A lot of empires disappeared. The Romans empire disappeared. The Crusaders empire disappeared. The Babylon empire disappeared. And this small nation, nine millions all over the world still exists. Why? You need to understand it's not because who they are. It's because who God is. Because if God promised, he keep his promises. It's not about... What we are doing to God, it's all about what God already did for us. And we need to understand the covenant in our Bible. The Abrahamic covenant, the Mosaic covenant, and the New Covenant, and the Davidic covenant. It's all connected, and you can't cancel any one of them. And you, if you read the, the Word of God in the book of Galatians, you will find that we are children of God according to the Abrahamic covenant. How we can ignore all of that. And if I do believe that God today replaced the church instead of the Jews, soon he will replace the church with something else and you can't say no. Because you already agree with the idea that God changed his mind and it's very easy not keeping his promises. And if God doesn't keep his promises, I'll be the first person I would like to be infidel. Because I can't trust this God that he changed his mind according to the circumstances. God never changed his mind and that's the reason he promised me that through the blood of his son Jesus I'm getting to heaven. If not, one day when I go to heaven, he will look at me and he said, Salim, do you remember when you agree with the idea that I don't keep my promises? It's not with the Jewish only. It's also with you. Sorry, no place for you in heaven. Find another place. Bye-bye. And my second question was, why God rejected his people? And the answer is always because they disobey God. Then I will ask you this question, are we better today? The two sons were wrong in different way. One left, one stayed in his father's house. And both of them, they searched for money. Different ways. You can see that in the end of the story, the father is telling his eldest son, all what I have is for you. That like the father is knowing what the son is searching for. But look to this story, how the father behaved when the lost son came back. And the Lord is bringing his people back again. Once again, I'm not talking about political situation. I'm talking about spiritual one. God is fulfilling his plan with me or without me. But really, I want you to think about it. What I can do to be part of God's plan, not against and if we forget every doctrine that I spoke about it in this morning, and remember what Jesus asked us in the book of Matthew 28, chapter 28, go to all nations. Aren't the Jews nation? Yes, they are. And they are priority for God. You know, we all of us, you know, we have children. 
And if our, you know, children left our home, doesn't mean that they doesn't belong to us anymore. Even if they're rebellion against us, doesn't say that they are not our sons anymore. They're still our sons, and that's the same with Israel. God is doing great things in these days, and I want to tell you that you are living historical days. A lot of prophets wish to see what you are seeing today. God is still moving in Israel. God is still doing miracles with Jews and Muslims. And a lot of testimonies is really, I want to share with you some of this, these testimonies. I will spend all the week here. But I apologize because there is a lot of project waiting for us when we come back to Israel. In 2009, God called me to start a prayer meeting. I said, God, if it's prayer meeting, it's okay. No, seven, ten people, it's okay. But not church, not a pastor. And we started, you know, with seven people. Two months later, we become 20. And I asked the Lord, what do you want, to do? What do you want me to do? And he said, to rent a place. I said, to rent a place, God, that means money. I don't have money. Do you know what he said? It's not your business. This is my house. We rented a place for two years. You know, we were worshiping and studying the word of God. And we saw that God is doing miracles in this small church. In two years, we become 70. And God blessed us in an amazing way. And the Lord, you know, the place that we rented was very small. So I asked the Lord, what do you want me to do? He said, to rent a bigger place. Said God, bigger place than me and more money, more responsibility. You know what he answered me? The same answer. You know, we never learn. It's not your business. It's my house. We passed to the new place. I'll try to make it short. I don't know how long time I still have. You said four hours, Pastor? Okay. If you have any plans, just cancel it. In an amazing way, we pass to our new place. Today, the church is focusing on outreach. I do believe the church here is university, making disciples. But the work is not inside the church, outside the church, outside the walls of the church. And as an Arab pastor, we can share the gospel for Jews and Arab. But it's illegal to share the gospel if you give food packages. It is illegal. You need to be very careful because we as a church nonprofit organization that's confirmed from the Israeli government, but you need to be very careful about sharing the gospel. So how we can share the gospel when we do this generosity work and people were touching their heart, they ask us, why are you doing that? Oh, you ask me why? Welcome, please come. And then you can share the gospel. God is doing a great things. You know, I do believe that the Lord is taking us step by step. We visited a, a widow Jewish woman. One of the most, you know, testimonies. And really, I felt the Holy Spirit is a, a, a using us in an amazing way. It was, she was 80 years old. And we visited this lady. And we gave her food package. And she looked at me. And she said, you look like Arab, are you? 
you know, 80 years old. And I said, oh, yes, ma'am, I'm Arab pastor. She said, how come? I said, what do you mean? She said, how come Arab bring food to Jewish? We are enemy. I said, no, we are not. She said, how? She said, because of your Messiah. She said, my Messiah? He didn't come yet. I said, oh my God, they didn't tell you already that he came? <laughs> she said, I don't believe in the New Testament. I said, I'm not talking about the New Testament. I'm talking about the Old Testament. And then I opened the Bible in the uh, book of Isaiah 53. And I was reading the scriptures. Then I jumped to Proverbs 30. He's talking about what his name and what his son name. And then I jumped to Psalms 22. And then to Jeremiah 4. And she was, you know, like her eyes was open. And she, she was shocked. She said, all my life, 80 years, I didn't read this scripture. Why they hide it from me? I said, I don't know, but this is the time that God is opening your eyes. She said, what I can do to accept the Messiah? I said, just do like me, just to repent and ask for forgiveness. And she did. And she accepted the Lord as Savior. God is doing miracles. God is doing great things. God is moving in the land of Israel from the unexpected place that people don't accept anything going to happen. God going to start a revival. Look around you. Follow the history. You know, history, it's his story. Okay? Peace treaty with Israel, with United Emirates, it's not a coincidence. It's the plan of God. Because, you know, the Holy Spirit starts from Jerusalem. To Europe and from Europe to US and from US to Asia. Look what's happening now in Asia. A revival in China, Taiwan, India. You know, a lot of hundreds and thousands of churches underground. And they can read, you know, in China, when they receive a Bible, they take everyone, take a page from the Bible to read it, and then they change the pages. Can you understand? They can walk for kilometers just to receive. A Bible in their hands. But the gospel is going back to Jerusalem, where it starts. But it must pass through the Arab countries. And when Arab accept the Lord as a Savior, that will provoke jealousy to Jewish to ask about the Messiah. Who is the Messiah? The Lord is moving in every one of us. And really, today I, I decided that the church must be busy all the time with projects for two reasons. One, when the, the church is really busy with the projects, you know you don't have time for your members for gossip. <laughs> I kid you not, they will be busy in projects. And secondly, you can reach more and more families. This is what Jesus did. He went about doing good. And this is our message, go and do likewise. Now we are preparing, you know, a, 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 our, our project that really we thank God for also the ICJ because ICJ is part of our ministry in Israel and they're supporting us. We are packing 500 food packages for Holocaust survivors, for orphan soldiers, and for Ukrainian refugees and Russian refugees. And we try to make reconciliation that Arab bring food to Jewish. As well, we go also make reconciliation between Russian and Ukrainian. 
Because today in the church, the devil is trying to find any way to make conflict. And now we need to pray also for the Messianic churches because they are struggling with conflicts in their churches because it's mixed with Ukrainian and Russian and they are fighting. And we want to tell them it's not your fight. You are the family of God. You need to be united and show all the world that nothing going to change your relation. And we need to be light in darkness. It's time to be light in darkness. And really, if I want to share with you, there's a lot of testimonies. God still working in the land of Israel. And it's not time to win discussions. It's time to win souls to Jesus. How? We have just one weapon called love. When people in Israel and leaders like the mayor of the Nofagalin municipality, he's a Jewish, when God spoke us in a miracle way, I don't have time to share the testimony, God opened for us a door to bless these people. And this Passover is going to be special as well as we do in Ramadan and we do in Atha. We go to the Muslims and we tell them about the love of Yeshua. We never force anyone to follow Jesus. But when, when they see our behavior, they ask themselves a lot of questions. What is special on these people? Even in bad circumstances, they're still smiling. What? Don't they have problems like us? Yes, we do, but we have Jesus. And that what comfort us. I don't know how long time I still have. You told me to be a pastor to speak all over the world. You come limited now. When I need to finish, Pastor? Five minutes? Five minutes. Okay, we can't finish without mentioning something from the world of God. If you want really to know more about what we're doing, thank you, Pastor, for allowing us to share this. Outside, you're going to find a sheet that writing your email. Every Tuesday, you will receive our weekly newsletter for what God is doing in Nazareth. And if you want to come as a volunteer, please welcome and be with us. See what God is doing. And God is doing amazing things. Outside, you will find also bookmarks. You can take how much you want. There's a lot. And you have a magnet. Take the magnet. Put it on your fridge. Because you visit your fridge five or six times a day. I do that. And you will find me in your face every time you go to the fridge. <laughs> so you will never forget us. Pray for us. We need your prayers. I just want to finish with this. A, a, very quick devotional about Gideon. Gideon is one of my favorite persons in the Bible. And we can see that in the book of Judges, God is asking Gideon three things. He's telling Gideon, the Lord, Almighty, the Lord is with you, Almighty. The Lord, you know, God is, is, is a... Encouraging Gideon. If I was Gideon and this story, I will look who is the angel speaking to. And be careful. Every time you read in the Old Testament, the angel of the Lord, that means Jesus. We will not discuss it now, but if you want, I can prove it for you. Okay? So Jesus talking to a, a, a Gideon, the Lord is with you. 
It's a message. The Lord is with you, mighty hero. It's a message to know who you are. Okay? If you don't know who you are, you will take your personality from people, what they said about you. But today, I decided that I'm going to change my thoughts, and I will, I will see what God said that I will see. I will reach what God said I will reach, and I will try to listen to people who will encourage me not to push me down, because there is a lot of people in our elevator life try to push the bottom to get you down. Get them out of your life elevator. Because God's calling you for growth. How many of you, if you some, see somebody, you're going to hide, oh God, not this morning, please. Not this man. Why? It's not because he's bad. Because you know, you know that he's filled with a lot of negative energy and you don't need it. We need a positive energy to share the word of God and to be happy. Smile can change a lot of things around you. So you need to know who you are, what pe not what people said about you. How many of you have seen the uh, program of Winnie the Pooh? <laughs> Come on, everyone. Everyone. You know, it's not just a cartoon program. It's telling us every you know, person in this program telling us something. You know, you have the wise man, Winnie, and you have Tiger, all the time is happy, and you have Figla, and you remember Eeyore? You know, this donkey, there is, you know, always he's, you know, complaining, oh, this is my birthday. No one care. No one call. Do you know how many Eeyores we have around us? <laughs> and you know, they try to take all your positive feelings. So just ignore them and continue forward. You need to know who you are in Christ, not what people said about you. Very quickly, go with the strength you have. You know, God didn't say to Gideon, go and I will give you strength. Or wait here a month, I will fill you with my Holy Spirit, and then you go. He said, go with the strength you have. And God is telling you, go with what you have. Because what you have is going to be blessed by the Lord, and going to be multiplied, and going to be good things for others. Go with the strength you have. Very quickly, and save the Israel from the Midianites. What is your aim? What is your aim in your life? You know, if you don't ask, you will not receive. If you don't ask, no one will tell you what is your aim. But here, God is telling Gideon, and he is pointing him to his aim, what he called for. And remember, when God is with you, no one can stand against you. I'm here to tell you that really, the Lord is moving. And the Lord is doing miracles. And the Lord, he wants to use you. It's not over until God says it's over. And it's time to work. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you have, but I do believe the five breads and the two fish are going to multiply when they are in the hands of God as well as your gift. Ask the Lord, what is my gift? God, I want to use it in your kingdom. And if you want really to be part of what God is doing in Nazareth, you are most welcome to come and visit us and be part of what really God is fulfilling.
May God bless you. We need your prayers. Everyone who subscribed in our newsletter, that's going to be a blessing for us, showing that God is still bringing a family together. Family Church, thank you for this wonderful morning. And God bless you all.